Hello, everyone. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank you all for joining us today. This podcast was recorded and is made available to you by Whitley Penn LLP and WP Wealth LLP solely for informational purposes. The information, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are general in nature and are not intended to be construed as the provision of financial or investment advice by Whitley Penn or WP Wealth. The information discussed in this podcast is accurate as of the day it was recorded, but may then become outdated over time. Please feel free to contact us if you have any questions, comments, or concerns in regard to the content presented. Thank you again for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this episode. the next installment of Start Now, Success Later. My name is Brandon Russ, and I'm an advisor at Whitley Penn in the WP Wealth Group. Today, I have a special guest joining me, Ryan Heath of Baker Heath. Ryan is here today to discuss why, as even a young adult, you should consider developing an estate plan. Ryan is a trust and estate attorney located here in Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex with a primary focus on business owners, families, and financial institutions. Ryan has been named one of Texas Super Lawyer's rising stars in 2020 and 2021, so I can't think of anyone better to have on the podcast for this topic. Ryan, thank you for coming on, and how's it going today? Thanks, Brandon. Thanks for having me. Uh, what a great time of year it is. We have football uh, starting up pros on Thursday. College football is here and, and cooler weather on the horizons. Yes, my Boilermakers got a win to start off college football, so that's always great, and I can't wait for the NFL this weekend. So very exciting time, of course. Um, can you quickly introduce yourself uh, and kind of what you do on a day-to-day basis? Sure. Uh, so to start, I'm not from Texas, but I got here just as fast as I could uh, <laughs> from the Mississippi Gulf Coast originally. Uh, went to LSU for undergrad, so I had a very rough weekend losing against the Bruins. <laughs> and... Um, and met my wife at LSU, and then we moved to uh, Fort Worth back in 2011 and went to Texas A&M Law School and have been practicing in um, primarily estate planning since that time, but for the last six years exclusively in estate planning. And I work with, with folks at all walks of life, from folks that are starting families to high net worth individuals, uh, professional athletes, celebrities, that sort of thing. Awesome. Awesome. So of all the topics that we've covered so far on this podcast, I think estate planning may be the most foreign to some of our listeners. Can you quickly explain uh, what is estate planning? Sure. So estate planning is is often thought of as just a will, um, or it's something that only wealthy people do. Uh, And in fact, estate planning is much more than just a will, and it's it's meant for everyone, not just those that are extremely wealthy. Uh, Estate planning is the process of preparing documents, that determine one, where your property passes at your death, but more importantly, two, who would make medical and financial decisions for you if you ever became incapacitated, and three, most importantly, for those of you that have children, who's gonna take care of your children if something happens to you and the other uh, parent? Yeah, and I think uh, guardianship was actually something I didn't even think about until our planning call, so I'm really glad you brought that up. We'll have to, we'll touch on that here in a minute. but, you know, as you were saying, there is a big misconception with estate planning that it only applies to the super wealthy. So as a young person just starting their career, uh, we don't have an abundance of wealth built up yet. So why is estate planning important for a younger person? Yeah. So let's start with what happens 
without an estate plan. I think that's always a great place to start. Without an estate plan, ultimately the state of Texas is going to decide who gets your property, who makes decisions for you, and who gets your, your children. Um, and, and so by creating an estate plan, regardless of wealth, you can achieve a, a couple of goals. One is that you can avoid court involvement in your life. And that could be guardianship, which we talked about a few minutes ago. Um, guardianship is not only needed for minor children, it's also uh, could be needed for you if you ever became unable to take care of yourself, either uh, physically or financially. Um, secondly, like I mentioned before, you get to choose who gets your property when you pass away and who makes those medical and financial decisions. And sometimes more importantly is, um, is that you can make the decision of who should not make decisions for you if something happens to you. Right. And, you know, if you do become incapacitated, you know, those are some things that you'll want to think about. Uh, you won't be able to make that decision, obviously, if you are incapacitated. I saw a quote on your website, failure to plan is playing to fail. And I think that that's you know, pretty great for your line of work. Um, but what are the uh, basic estate planning documents a person should have? Yeah. So, so everyone, regardless of, of wealth or station in life, should have uh, what I consider to be the five core estate planning documents. So uh, first and probably the most uh, familiar among our listeners would be a will. And what a will does is, is a couple of things, actually. It designates who gets property. It designates who takes care of your estate. And third, if you have minor children, your will would uh, de determine or would nominate certain people to take care of your children if that need for guardianship arose. Um, there are also financial and medical powers of attorney. So we often think that as, as young adults, that our parents can continue to make decisions for us after we're you know, 18 or in college or out of the house. Uh, but in fact, our parents' ability to make financial and medical decisions for us stops once we reach 18. And so if you want your parents to serve in those roles, then you need to designate that person as a financial or medical power of attorney for you. So on the financial side, financial power of attorney says, my mom can make medical or can make financial decisions for me. Um, and that can be effective immediately, or you can make it effective only in the event you become incapacitated in the future. On the medical side of things, there's a medical power of attorney. And with what we've been through in the last uh, year to year and a half, we certainly know that uh, regardless of our age, there is a potential uh, chance that we end up in the hospital. And if we ever become incapacitated, a medical power of attorney designates someone to step in and make medical decisions for you. Uh, sorry to cut you off there, but have you noticed or do you see a lot of college kids get these before they go off to school? Is that something that is pretty popular? I mean, especially now with COVID. We do. We, we see that often, um, especially for, um, for clients of ours that have ch their children going off to college out of state or out of the, uh, the immediate area. Um, a frequent issue that we encounter um, would be getting a phone call from a client in a panic. Their child's been in some sort of accident on campus and they can't find out what's what's happening, what's going on, because that child is as an adult. And by having just those basic medical and financial documents in place, that would alleviate their concerns and also uh, ensure that that child who's now in college is protected. All right. Just a couple of other documents I wanted to hit on quickly. Uh, one is a HIPAA authorization. Um, what I tell my clients here is the threshold question is, 
if you're in the hospital, who can call and find out what's going on? So that could be more than just mom and dad. It could be siblings. It could be a girlfriend or boyfriend, uh, whoever you would want to be able to call and find out what's going on. This is the document that would designate those people. And again, uh, not to focus this entire conversation on COVID, but in a, in a time right now where we're not able to go into the hospital and be with our family and friends, it's really important to have that phone access to find out what's going on. Um, and, and the last document is probably um, not as meaningful to, uh, to folks our age, but definitely for folks as you start to get older, would be a directive to physicians. It's also known as a living will or advanced directive. And that document simply decides whether or not um, you should uh, be given palliative care, essentially pain management treatments, or be kept plugged into life-sustaining treatments uh, in the event you have a terminal condition or an irreversible illness. So again, there, just to summarize, you're essentially looking at end-of-life decisions and what sort of care is provided to you. So of these documents, which are typically the most common among younger people? And can you give us a timeline of when it starts to make sense to consider each document? Sure. So from a, a practical perspective as a young professional, um, you know, a large portion of you are going to see a substantial increase in wealth over the next 10 years. That's and the hope, right? That's, that's the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so as your wealth increases, you know, and or your stage of life changes, uh, you're going to need some some documents in place. And it's better to start now than to start when you're behind the eight ball and trying to catch up and your plates, you know, full or overflowing. And, and to me, the, the core documents are really those five. But I think for folks that are in their in their 20s, even in their 30s, kind of just starting families, getting that will in place. Uh, just to alleviate court costs and, and, and uh, headaches for family members if something happens to you. Getting medical and financial powers of attorney in place so that if you're ever you know, out of the country and need to take care of something or if you're, you're in some sort of accident, just having someone named to step in and make decisions for you. Uh, because until you're married, there is no one really designated as a primary except for maybe parents under state law. Uh, but there's definitely going to be a time lapse between when something happens to you and when someone can step in and take care of those things for you. So uh, as far as things like drafting a will and the various medical directives, is this something that, you know, I can get done now and be set for the future or will I have to come back over time and update these? Yeah. So documents are, are meant to be flexible, but at the same time as your stage of life changes, the documents would be changed to adapt to it, similar to a financial plan, right? When you're first coming out of college and you're first starting your investments, that's going to look a lot different than it is in, in five to 10 years as your life changes and you accumulate more wealth and you grow a family. And so, you know, typically it's, it's a really good idea to get some core documents in place and then we can make minor adjustments to those documents as things change, as you get married, as you have children, as you change careers, we can adapt those documents uh, to your specific situation. So these documents and all the work that you do, um, you know, they can be pretty costly, especially for a, a younger person right out of school. What are your thoughts on using something like LegalZoom or EP Navigator as a more cost-effective option for attaining these documents? We're not sponsored, so feel sure. free to uh, speak your mind. Yeah, you know, 
this. I can only tell you from my experience what I've seen in those documents. And, and what you'll find is there are a lot of um, places for the user to type in their wishes, whether it's a you know, I want my Ferrari to go to my sister or, you know, my Pokemon collection to go <laughs> to my to my hated cousin or whatever it may be. And and so because of that, because it's not prepared completely by an attorney, we often find that the long term costs exceed the upfront savings. Pretty like cut and paste, you know, standard template documents. Exactly. And there are specific things that a will in Texas needs to have in order to go through the court probate process after death smoothly and uh, and as cost effective as possible and a lot of these software drafting programs are not state specific and so they don't have this that special language that's needed to keep costs down um and then you know god forbid if something was to happen to me and i didn't have the proper documents in place you kind of touched on this earlier but you know what happens sure um, so if, if you don't have an estate plan in place, then the state of Texas has created an estate plan for you. And, and what that looks like is um, a, it's called an airship proceeding. And so a, a court hearing is, is held. Uh, a, several attorneys are involved, uh, one to represent your family, one to represent what's called unknown heirs. There's a complete genealogy basically created of your family history, wow. um, which involves a lot of attorney time, which is obviously going to lead to a lot of cost. Um, and then in that scenario, it could end up passing to siblings or, or folks that you don't have a very close relationship to. Um, and also the, the, the time period is, is much longer when there's not a will in place. So what you end up seeing is maybe you know estate proceedings dragging on for a year, maybe two or three uh, years, which is pretty tough on the family that's left behind. Is this so? Is that similar to probate? Yes, um, that is probate. Okay, exactly. so yes, probate. Um, you know, I don't really know if a lot of our listeners will know what probate is, but the thing to know is that it's expensive. It uh, kind of exposes you to the public, and uh, there's no guarantee that what you want to go to someone will go to that person. That's, that's, a, fair, that's a fair summary. So um, when you have a will and that will goes through probate, the process is just much more streamlined. And so um, you know, a typical probate when someone passes away can be anywhere between $2,500 to $5,000. When you compare that to what an airship proceeding costs, it can easily be $7,000, $10,000, $15,000 and legal fees and in time. Um, and like you said, there's always a public disclosure element to probate where your will is made public, um, your family history is made public if there is no will, uh, and also your assets are disclosed to the public. And that can often uh, create the, the tendency or the desire to create a creditor challenge or to raise some sort of issue and try to claim money that's not rightfully theirs. Right. So, you know, you may have the sticker shock of these documents now, but it sounds like it's worth it in the long run to avoid probate and airship. What did you call it again? Yeah. Indetermination of airship proceeding. Right. Um, so I kind of want to switch gears here for a little bit. Um, so let's say that I'm getting ready to start my own business. What role will estate planning play if I'm looking to go out and start my own business. Yeah, so estate planning and, and business are, are directly intertwined. So anytime you start a business, 
there is a whole set of additional considerations that are created regarding one, who's going to take over your business if you become incapacitated? Two, what happens with, you know, upon your death? Do you, do you have children that are young and are going to take over the business? So is a sale a better option? Um, do you have a, a sibling that's in the business with you that maybe you want to create a sale to that sibling so that money passes to your estate? There are a lot of different estate planning elements in the business planning process. Uh, and additionally, there are, there are certain asset protection features um, with an estate plan that can benefit you as you start your business to make sure that your family's protected. All right. And then what about a young person who may be on the verge of receiving an inheritance? Is there any planning that needs to be involved there? Yeah. You know, with, with a lot of my clients uh, who are expecting their parents to pass away soon, uh, they often come to me with questions about what to do with their estate plan. And really what needs to happen is there needs to be a conversation with those parents. I know that can be uncomfortable sometimes, but just making sure that their estate plan is set up in such a way that you receive it um, from a tax perspective and from an asset protection perspective uh, in a beneficial way. And so by having your parents set up a trust for your benefit, um, by, by having them have their own will set up correctly and their powers of attorney set up correctly, all of that is going to ensure that your inheritance, one, is maximized uh, by reducing court costs and involvement, and two, that whatever you receive is protected from a spouse, a creditor, or um, or the estate tax. Gotcha. So uh, what kind of resources are out there for people who are wanting to learn more about estate planning? Yeah, you know, I always go back to the fact that, that as a young professional uh, coming out, that, that you need to rely on the three legs of the bar stool. And, and to me, the, the three legs of that bar stool that keep your financial life stable uh, are a, a financial advisor, a CPA, and an estate planning attorney. And, and so, you know, lean on, for example, WP Wealth puts out great materials on estate planning. There are various podcasts out there and blogs. Um, you can even find webinars uh, done by local estate planning attorneys um, that will kind of walk through the common documents and, and what you need to put in place. I think that bar stool is really great. Uh, you know, the, it's kind of a team of people you have behind you and you need all of them to kind of support your plan. So I think that's a really great visual. Um, Ryan, thank you for coming on. Do you have any final thoughts to wrap this up? Yeah. You know, for anyone out here listening, if you've got questions about the estate planning process, um, what documents you may need in place, either from a business perspective or an estate planning perspective, uh, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, while uh, while I am an estate planning attorney full-time, uh, I always try to make time to just catch up with folks and give them advice and recommendations on, on creating a plan that will benefit them in the long run. Where can people find you then? Yeah, so you can uh, find me uh, on our website. It's www.bakerheath.com. Um, you can also give us a phone call. It's 817 769 2745 or shoot me an email at ryan at bakerheath.com also check them out on linkedin um and all of you guys thank you for tuning in again this week please like comment subscribe to the whitley pen talks podcast channel wherever you listen to your podcast and also visit our website www.wpwealth.com and give us and ryan a follow on linkedin we'll see you guys soon thanks